Well, good morning. There is but one presence and one power in this church, in our lives, and in the universe. God, the good, omnipotent. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Before we get into the main text today, I want to uh, talk about the psalm. This psalm is not part of the lectionary reading. I, I went rogue. <laughs> I went rogue because of all that is going on in this world. I went rogue because in the past weeks, my, I find myself teetering on trying to understand just what is really happening. And because of uh, different events in my own life, I look to this psalm as comfort. And it's right there in it. It says, God is my strength and my refuge. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. Though the earth should change and the mountain shake in the heart of the sea, though the rivers roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its torrent, I will not fear. I don't understand the world. Hurricanes, three of them so far. Earthquakes, fires, flood, every other chaos that you can think of. Not only in the world around us, but in our own lives. God is a very present hope in times of Therefore, I will not fear. My dear. All right, so here we go. There was a man who was walking along the city street. And it was one of those cities that had vendors. And so he walked up to this vendor where he was selling hot dogs. And he saw on the sign there that the hot dogs were selling for $1.50. So he got a little spunky and he had a little mischievous. He was even feeling a little mystical. So when he went up to the hot dog vendor, he handed him a $5 bill. And he said, make me one with everything. So the hot dog vendor went about his duty. He put the hot dog together, handed it to the man, and the man just stood there for a moment. And he said, um, I gave you five dollars. The hot dogs are only a dollar fifty. And the hot dog vendor said, Change must come from within. <laughs> so I get with that just to open this up a little bit. Today we're going to talk about this feast. This is a wedding feast. And those of you who organize and put together events, and we're, we're, we have a major event happening today, we have a major event coming up in a couple of weeks, you know that there's a lot of planning involved, there's a lot of work involved in making sure that everything is going to go off just right. It's no small event, and uh, I don't have that gene, and that's either fortunate or unfortunate. 
uh, on whoever is coming because those people who can't hire you. <laughs> because I have seen that particular team in so many to put things together. And it's a wonderful team. I hope in my next life I might have it, but I don't at this time. So you have a secure position in my life if I ever organize anything. So, but this scale of a wedding is like something that you would put together for a will and, you know, will and cake. Can you imagine everything? How many months out that had to, to be planned? Years just about, I guess, I would imagine to make sure that every little part was taken care of to the nth disease detail. I mean, you know, napkins and, you know, table things in the middle and uh, napkin holders. You can tell I don't have experience in this, but all of the details, you know, make sure the food's gonna be hot and make sure that we have enough. And I, it bothers me that of all of the things that have to go into planning such a detail. So when the king said he's going to throw a wedding party for his son who's getting mar married in that day and time, it took long, as long or longer. Because in that day and time, well, they live far away. I mean, we live far away still, so if we have to plan ahead of time, you know, on our trip, is it going to take us an hour to get there? Is it going to take Two hours, but lately I'm planning two hours anywhere I go because I don't know how the traffic's going to be. But in that day and time, it could take days, it could take a week to get to this party. So this king, this king had already invited people. Because he says in our scriptures, he says, uh, okay, two servants, go out and tell everybody, you know, by the time you get here, it's going to be ready. So, go ahead and, and tell them. And see, he knows that because the invitations had already come back saying, who was going to attend? Now, who was invited? Well, in that day and time, it was the A-list people. The A-list, the landowners, people with money, people with influence. Today's society would be the same thing. People on the Oprah level, people on on the political level, all of those people were the first to be invited, the A-list. Then, when the, they come back and they don't attend, and they don't come, you know, the king says, okay, we still have time. Servants, go out and tell them again, hey, look, I have killed my cattle, I, everything is in place, everything's ready, you know, come on over. It's ready now. It's it's here. We want to eat. Let's go for it. And so he sends not again. So the English people are seeing these servants saying, "Hey, my son, my my uh, king sent me out. Are you coming? Because you already said you were going to come. Because the first time I came out here, you said you're coming. So I went back and I told him. And so he's expecting you. You know, you RSVP back to him. You're coming." And they said, you know what? You are really beginning to annoy me. You know, if I don't do something about this guy, these people coming to remind me that, yes, I did RSVP, and yes, I did say I was coming, but you know what? Something better came along. Something 
it's got my attention over here. I've been to wedding parties before. I'm going to go with the better thing. So he says, okay, if I don't do something about this guy, he's going to continue to come back. So let's just take care of the problem. And so they did. When the servants didn't come back and the king saw what they had heard, what they had done to the servants, he got mad and he went out and he took care of the problem himself. And so he said, you know what? I have this banquet here. I have this feast. It's all ready. All right. Go into thoroughfares. Invite anyone you see. I, I don't care if it's A-list or anything. I don't want to know anything. Just invite anyone to come to the feast because it's ready. So the servants did exactly that. They went out to the thoroughfares to invite anyone that they could find and invite them to this wedding. Now, what Jesus uses here is called the weddings. He sent the servants out to the weddings. And what is the weddings? Well, all the major roads that were coming into the city was the weddings. And when everybody would come in from all of the directions on the major roads to the city, there would be a public gathering. And at that public gathering, you would see all kinds of society there. You would see poor, you would see wealthy, you would see um, those that were dressed nice, those that weren't, those who had done bad, those who had done good. It was a segment of the society. And so the servants, doing their job, invited everybody to come to the wedding. And so, you've been traveling. You know how it is when you travel. Sometimes you get, depending on your kind of travel, if you're horseback or walking or whatever, driving, um, you know, you get worn out, you get tired, sometimes you're dirty, you're frustrated, you're sweaty, you're annoyed sometimes, you just want to get to where you're going so you can get your feet up, rest, unpack, get about your day. Same with these folks. But only they were walking. And so when someone says, hey, I have a banquet that my master wants you to come to. This king has prepared a meal for you. Come, all you gotta do is come. And they say, well, I'm not ready. Oh, come, come, don't worry about it. Come on, come on, it doesn't matter. And so they did. So the people who were invited, the second came to the wedding party just as they were. So the king, being a very smart man and a very wealthy man, said, you know, these people that are going to be invited, they're not going to have time. They've been traveling. They're not going to have time to go and change and get into wedding dresses, gowns and proper dress. So I'm going to provide them for them. And so he did. So everybody who came to the party had the opportunity to change and put on their clothes that were provided for them so they could go into the wedding party, except for one guy. And you're going to say, oh, what made him so special? Why didn't he change? And so knowing that the king had provided the means for people to freshen up, get cleaned up, 
feel good about themselves, put on some clean clothes. He was a little shocked when he walked into the wedding party and there was a guy in his traveling clothes. And he said, hey, friend, how did you get in here? You know, how did you get in here? And the guy was stumped. Had nothing to say. He was caught. I provided, look at all these other people. He couldn't say, well, uh, I didn't have time to go home and change into my clothes. Nobody had time to go and change into their clothes. He couldn't say, well, uh, I don't have any wedding clothes. Many there probably didn't have wedding clothes. So he couldn't say that. There was no excuse he could give other than in his own mind saying, I don't have to do that. Nobody's going to tell me how to change, what to do with my life. I'm good as it is. The year of the king stumped, and it's that silence. It's that silence that reads through this whole passage. Now, I know that many of you have never been in that position, but I have. <laughs> Particularly growing up, I have been caught in that. That moment when we had no excuse, and my my dear dad would say, "Okay, which one of you did it?" And neither one of us wanted to rat on each other, so we would just say, "Nothing," because we were caught. Our eyes were about this big. There was nothing we could say. And so my dad had a perfect solution. He said, "Well, I guess the ghost did it." So we had a ghost in our house that got claimed for a lot of things that we we did. And he knew we did. He knew we did. So the king annoyed because he had provided these clothes and threw them out. Threw them out. Everybody here had the same chance, and he didn't take the opportunity. Now told this story because why? Well, we see in verse 4, first, the very first voice, he's talking to the Pharisees, and we know it's the Pharisees because in the chapter it tells us it was the Pharisees, because the Pharisees came to Jesus and he said, look, whose authority are you doing all of these things? And that's when Jesus said, hmm, this reminds me of the story. Don't even know anybody like that? You see, the Pharisees, they had, in their mind, the right to ask. In their mind, they said, look, we went to school, we studied the law, we jumped through all the hoops, we went through all the committees, we had all the interviews, what did you do? We've done nothing. So by whose authority are you doing everything that you're doing? And they were trying to track it. And that's why he said, this reminds me of the story. You see, there is a part of I'm going wrong. There is a party that is given. 
peace that we are going to celebrate in just a few minutes. You've been called. You've said, I'm coming. But will you come? You see, you RSVP back to God that you're coming. And how do I know that? Because you're here. Something got you up this morning. Something woke you up this morning and said, that little thought in the back of your head, Sunday, you need to go to church. There's something that I need to do. I'm being called. I'm being motivated. I'm being moved. You see, we all feel that. You know, how, how do we feel that? Because there's a God seed in you. It's that God seed that was placed there at your birth that says, I know who you are. I give you life. Do you hear me? When we get up and we go about our journey and we use our talents and our gifts, we're responding to that saying, I'm coming. I'm coming. But if you don't use it, if you don't use the gift, are you coming? Then you say, well, the king removed all the restrictions. He says you don't longer have to be on the A list. Taking that away. I want to invite everybody. Well, everybody is everybody. Doesn't matter if you're what social economic group you belong to. Doesn't matter what you did in your past. Doesn't really matter what you said this morning on the way here. Doesn't matter. The king says, I removed the restrictions. Everybody can come. Just come. That's the covering. So we have a call. We have a covenant, and we have a feast. But the one thing that the king said is, you know what? You can come to my party, but I'm going to clothe you with refreshing dreams. Because I know that many of you have thought the same thing. If everyone is invited, why did this guy get kicked out? What made, what made the king so mad at this one guy? Because he didn't make a change in his life. He didn't trust that God was going to provide him with a covering to come to the feast. You see, God has already called you. We saw that. God has provided you a covenant. Will you come? You can't come just as you are, in that there has to be a use of that God seed and a recognition of that God seed that's in you. You don't have to pay anything. Because you see, the price was expensive to the king. It was eternally expensive for the king. Because the king provided a son. And that's the covenant. You've got to come 
feast. You have to acknowledge that yes, I don't know everything. You have to say, yes, I'm coming. But I can't come like I am. I have to make some differences in my mind. I have to so that I can come to the face. I'd like to share with you a reading. If I can find it. It is from Boyd Packer. He writes this. That sweet, quiet voice of inspiration comes more as a feeling than it does as a sound. Pure intelligence can be spoken into the mind. The Holy Ghost communicates with our spirits through the mind more than through physical senses. This guidance comes as thoughts, as feelings, through promptings and impressions. We may feel the words of spiritual communication more than we hear them and see them with spiritual rather than with mortal eyes. Peace be with you all.